Good to see you all here. Psalm 119 this morning, and as we shift gears, we've kind of finished up Colossians, and and uh, <clears throat> so Lord willing, we'll be uh, here in this book for a, for a number of weeks, probably, um, <clears throat> and uh, we'll just see. I'm just trying to be sensitive to the Lord and, and what He has for us, and uh, we know that this is the longest chapter in the Bible. Most people knew that, right? I, I think if you open your Bible, it's pretty close right to the center of it, too. Um, but uh, it's the longest chapter, 176 verses. And so this morning we are going to read all of... No, I'm kidding. We're not. So we won't do that to you. But um, <clears throat> there's some interesting stuff here. Uh, it's grouped into 22 uh, sections or stanzas, if you will, uh, based on the Hebrew alphabet. I don't know if you knew that or not. Each line within those sections or within those stanza starts with the same letter from the Hebrew. And uh, I tried to look at some of that, and I don't read Hebrew, I don't speak Hebrew, but I could see these little lines, things, and I was like, okay, that's where that was. Because our, our verses aren't necessarily broken up like that in English, uh, but if you go back to the original Hebrew, it is. Um, and so I tried to find those things, and just some interesting things as we were preparing for this. And, and, uh, but I don't think there's any doubt that this chapter of the Word of God uh, emphasizes God's Word. And the importance of it. And really the practical use of God's word uh, for the believer. Uh, I mean, you see that throughout the chapter. And so that's kind of the mindset as we go and we look at this. And, and uh, we're going to be looking at the word of God and obviously, and then how to make use of the word of God in our lives as believers. Um, <clears throat> and so uh, the author is kind of unknown. Uh, there's different arguments out there. Um, I saw some folks believe it's Jeremiah, Daniel, Hezekiah, uh, obviously David is uh, possibly one. And, and then there are some that say that it, they believe it was written in maybe two parts where as a younger person, the first half was written. And then maybe later in life of the author, uh, they wrote the, the latter portion of it possibly. And, uh, but uh, <clears throat> regardless of who you think, I think it was very possibly David. Um, I don't, I don't know if you can, I mean, if you want to argue about me with that, that's fine. Uh, but, uh, um, in here we see several words used for scripture, law, testimony, precept, statute, commandment, judgment, uh, word, or as in the word of God, way, promise. And, uh, I, there were a couple different, differing opinions on this. Somebody said it was three verses that didn't directly mention the word of God within the, out of all 176, only three. Uh, somebody said seven. I came uh, to the conclusion it's probably five that don't directly mention that. Um, again, you can disagree because other people already do. Um, <clears throat> but we do know uh, that I believe verses 90, 121, 122, and 132 don't directly uh, say that. Verse 84, I got a question mark next to that. If You could turn there. This is all introduction. Just different things I came across as we were looking into this. And it says, How many are the days of thy servant? When wilt thou execute judgment on them that persecute me? And so people say that the word of God directly isn't in this verse, but I think judgment, uh, God, that's, that's God's word. He's, how is he going to judge us through his word? And so I believe that one. So uh, I tend to lean more toward the four verses that don't directly uh, mention God's word. And, and that would be uh, verse 90, 121, 122, and 132. 
And for example, some people don't, they make the argument that if you look at verse three, we'll look at it in a minute, but if you look at it, the last part of that verse, they walk in his ways. And so I believe you can make the argument that that's God's word. They walk in the ways of the Lord. And so some people that say it's more verses that don't directly, they don't use, they don't recognize ways as, as word. I think it, it, it could be applied that way. I think that's why there's some different varying opinions. If you're picking up what I'm putting down this morning. And did you know it's okay to have different opinions? That's a blessing. And, and the liberty in Christ. And, and I'm not going to get mad at you if you don't see it the way I do. So, um, but as I said, Lord willing, we'll be in this book for a while now. I don't, uh, initially I would like to tell you it will be 22 weeks, right? As we take each section, but I can't promise that. Uh, it might be a little longer. Um, and so just pray for me as I, as I prepare. Uh, but this morning we're going to look at, I think it's pronounced Aleph, Aleph. And I know I'm not pronouncing that probably correctly because I know most Eastern languages, they use a little more of the throat. I know when I was in Afghanistan and, and Iraq and they speak Dari or Farsi or Arabic or those things, they're definitely, they're using a little more of that aspect of it. And so no doubt I'm probably not pronouncing that correctly. But, but in any case, that's the, the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet that these verses kind of uh, key into. Uh, and they, as I mentioned, they follow that. Each line within this follows or begins with that first letter. I did find out that that first letter uh, really makes no sound in itself. It's usually paired up with a vowel. Um, and then that's how you, we get those, that, the, the words or the sounds. And that's the extent of my Hebrew knowledge. So there it is. You have it. Um, uh, thank God for smart people that translated the Word of God into English for us. What a blessing. Pray for the press ministry. There's languages that don't have that. And so pray that we could get uh, the Word of God in, in uh, people's languages. And so this morning, we're going to look at verses 1 through 8. <clears throat> and we're going to look at, at the idea of being blessed. And uh, so this word blessed shows up twice in the entire book. Uh, in verses 1 and 2. And uh, before you call me a liar, because you're looking at verse 12 going, hey, there it is again, blessed art thou. And, and uh, that is actually a different original word in the Hebrew. Uh, it's not the same word. And, and so the verses 1 and 2, the Hebrew there, it's a, a sure or asher, uh, which means to be happy or to prosper, to have God's favor. Uh, I, if you guys remember several weeks ago, we talked about this a little bit, and, and somebody defined it as the most desired state, to be blessed of God, to have God's favor. And so that's the idea in verses 1 and 2. And so verse 12, it's Barak, Barak, if you will. And the idea is there is, is in, in that case, it's talking about blessing God to kneel before him. Uh, it's an act of adoration, but it also can be uh, a cursing and those things. So uh, when you see that word in verses one and two, Asher, it is often translated in other places, the word happy in our King James Bible. But the other one in chapter 12, it can be translated uh, some different ways, and it is sometimes translated uh, to salute, to kneel down, to congratulate, to curse, and to blaspheme. And uh, 1 Kings chapter 21, verse 10 is an example of that. Uh, we don't, well, I'm not going to take the time to go there this morning, but you see that. So that word over there in chapter 12 is actually a different word, very similar, I would say, in, and, uh, but it is different. And so don't call me a liar because I said it only appears twice. You pick it up what I'm putting down. So maybe I looked into too much of this. You guys seem half dead today. 
uh, hopefully it's useful. I don't know. Um, but uh, do you love God's word? Um, uh, you know, as you grow, and, and that's really what this, this lesson is going to be about. I better get going or we're going to definitely be more than 22 weeks. But um, I trust you love God's word. Um, as I've grown as a Christian, as I, and, and listen, the more I get into the Word, the more I desire to know more about it. And you find that it's never-ending. Uh, I mean, you can learn the Greek, you can learn the Hebrew, and, and continue to grow and, and continue to learn more and more about, about this book. And listen, I think we're doing well to have this in the English King James Version. That's everything we need. It exceeds my ability just in English. Uh, but listen, what I'm telling you is it's exciting and fun to get into the Word of God. And so I want to encourage you to do that. And, and I, I believe that exhortation this morning blends right in with what we're going to look at uh, uh, in, in this passage this morning. So let's read with, if you would, with me, verses 1 through 8, and then we'll have a word of prayer. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. I will praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. I will keep thy statutes. Oh, forsake me not utterly. Father, we do thank you, Lord, for this day. Lord, I thank you for your word and, Lord, this opportunity to gather together in Sunday school hour and we... Pray your blessing on each one of our Sunday school teachers, Lord, that you fill them with the Spirit. Pray that the things said today would glorify you, and Lord, that they would uh, do a work in the hearts of the people. Lord, that folks would be challenged, and Lord, drawn closer to thee, and we'll give you the thanks for it all. In Jesus' name, amen. And so here, I, got, I broke this down into three, and I, I tried to alliterate it. It didn't really work, and so it's not all going to make sense. Which, after hearing Brother Getz yesterday and everything just flows, I'm like, oh, I'm such a failure. But, um, but the first thing I want to look at in verses 1 through 3 is an observation of blessing or an observation of godliness. And if I could have come up with a D word for observation, I would have. Uh, because the next two, uh, they start with a D, but I, I just couldn't do it. I wasn't smart enough. I wanted to use a word, but I was using it in, other, in a different way. So I just, I need a better thesaurus. I don't know. But here we see in verses one through three, the psalmist makes an observation. He has noted that those who are undefiled, those that walk according to the law of the Lord, are blessed. Look at what it says. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Uh, <clears throat> was this, uh, again, we, we don't know certainly who wrote this, uh, possibly David. And, and uh, that's kind of the, the direction I lean. And, and so was David's, did he see this characteristic played out in the life of his father and perhaps in the life of his mother, or maybe he had experienced it in his own life. Uh, the reality that those that walk and live their life according to the laws of God, they're blessed. And, and as we saw, we, they're happy. Uh, they have God's favor on them. 
And boy, that would, we would do well just to desire that. Um, and, and you'll see here in a few moments what this leads him to. But, but so he, he notices in the lives of somebody, whether it was the prophet, who, the author here realizes that he has looked at people that follow the word of God, that live an undefiled life, and they're blessed. He's noticed that. He's made that observation. So regardless of where he witnessed this truth, uh, the term in the way uh, has the idea of our course of life or their conversation, if you will, our manner of life. The psalmist recognized those who walk in the law of the Lord as they journey through this life are happy. It's right there in English. We didn't even have to study real hard to get that, right? Blessed. And listen, do you want a happy life? It's not a happy wife that's going to give you a happy life. It will impact your happiness at times, for sure. But listen, if you want to be happy, if you want to be blessed, you need to be in the Word of God. That's what the psalmist said. Listen, I would like to think that the psalmist here is a pretty spiritual person. God allowed him to write the Word of God. He was filled with the Spirit. And so uh, we know that these are the words of God here. God's telling us that if you would pattern your life after the word of God, you can be blessed. And, and, and I'm, I'm not telling you anything you haven't heard for years and years. Some of you have been in church longer than I've been alive. Uh, but why is it so oftentimes we're not living it that way? Uh, why is it that we don't seem happy? Why is it that we don't feel blessed? Uh, because we're not walking in the laws of the Lord. Look at what it says there in verse 3. It says, they walk in his ways. Speaking of the Lord's ways, they have made a specific and purposeful intent to walk according to his ways. You got to get in it and read it to know what those ways are and then pattern your life after it. Uh, They walk in his ways Are you doing that this morning? Do you get into the Word of God for the purpose of checking the box? Or do you get into the Word of God for the purpose of figuring out how to walk in the ways of the Lord? Uh, Asking Him to lead you and guide you, show you those wondrous things out of His law. In in verse 2, we see that those who seek God with their whole heart are blessed. Uh, Listen, those are those who spend time in God's Word and live a godly life. Because we can be forgetful hearers, remember? Uh, We can know what's there, but not with our heart live that and follow that and apply it to our lives. And and so um, we ought to be doing that. We do not doubt, or we no doubt are reminded. I I can't help but think of of Psalm 1 when we look at this. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law doth he meditate day and night. It's continual. It's the the manner by which they live. They walk in the ways. Uh, That is the pattern by which they live their life. It is not the fact that they come to Sunday school or church on Sunday but it's their manner of life. It's every day. Uh, listen, if you don't have this a part of your life every day, you're missing out. Right. And, and you're not going to be blessed or happy as 
the psalmist observed in the life of those that do. Uh, They're meditating it day and night. Uh, Matthew, Jesus actually, in the book of Matthew, at the sermon, uh, they're on the mount. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst, thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. There's the idea, right? Are you, are you hungry for the things of God in his word? Uh, he promises to fill that hunger, to meet that, uh, that appetite for the things of God. Uh, the word of God cleanses us and keeps us from sin. Look at verse 3. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. And I don't want to get ahead of ourselves because you guys can see verse 9 there. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? Uh, but listen, the, the reality is the people that are walking in the ways of God and walking according to the word of God, uh, sin is not the norm for them, if you will. Uh, it's not that they never sin. We understand there's no such thing as sinless perfection for the Christian. Uh, but again, their pattern of life demonstrates that they walk in the ways of the word of God, not in the carnal flesh. And listen, listen to me this morning. Consequently, they are happy and experience God's favor. I'll tell you what, when I'm unhappy and when I am not having a good day, oftentimes it's because I'm in the flesh. Uh, Maybe perhaps because I woke up late and didn't spend time in the Word of God. Uh, I'm thankful for my office. I can shut that door and even if I did wake up late, you know what I mean? And and tell people, actually, they don't even think I'm there if my door's closed, but open door policy. If I'm there, my door's open, but sometimes I trick them. Uh, but anyway, um, but listen, uh, this morning, uh, the word of God will impact your life. If you're committed to walking in his ways, you will be different. And so well, when you apply these things and you uh, look into the word of God and you make application and you walk in the ways, uh, you're going to be different, and, and consequently, we'll have God's favor. Uh, we see an example of this in Zechariah and Elizabeth. Zechariah and Elizabeth. Luke 1 6 says this, and they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. Now, those were humans that were born sinners, just like you and I. But God says that they were blameless. Uh, in, in our passage here in, in Psalms, it talks about uh, they do no iniquity. And, and so there's a difference between the person that makes the Word of God a priority in their life. They don't do certain things. And, and, and we'll get to it. The Lord empowers us and, and strengthens us to do those things. Look at what the Word of God recorded of Hezekiah in Second Chronicles 31, verse 21. And in every work that he began in the service of the house of God and in the law and in the commandments to seek his God... He did with all his heart and prospered. So if we would make this a matter of the heart and do it with our whole hearts, we're going to prosper. We're going to be blessed. And so this morning, I just want to make emphasis here. The psalmist observed the godliness or the blessing. And in verses 4 and 5, that drove him to a desire for obedience or a desire to be God himself. Look at verses 4 and 5. This is good stuff. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. And so we see he observed these folks 
uh, or, or these Christians, if you will, that had their manner of life was to walk in the, word, uh, or the, the ways of the Lord. Excuse me. And then in verse 4, it says, Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. And so the psalmist, he makes that observation, and then he comes to the conclusion that I want what they got. God has commanded us to do this. Uh, and then verse 5, oh, that my ways were directed to keep that. He says, I see what God has done in their life. I want a piece of that. I want a piece of that. And, and uh, <clears throat> I just want to remind you in verse 4, it says we are to keep the word diligently. The idea of diligently is with vehemence. We are to keep it holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, and speedily, vehemence. It's not we pick and choose what we want or when we want, but we take the whole thing and we act upon it speedily, immediately. Uh, I know with our kids, we like to say delayed obedience is disobedience. Uh, Cindy, that was one of mom's pet peeves in our home. And uh, we had a good time. We, we went and spent some time with the family, and they were talking about their whippings and all this like cousins do. And, and they brought up, Mom always had a glue stick, a hot gun glue stick. Those were pretty effective. And so she was like, yeah, there was one in her purse. There's one in the kitchen drawer. There's one here. They were all over the house. And Mom was ready to execute uh, judgment on delayed obedience, which is disobedience. And uh, listen, this morning, when we get things and we see things in the Word of God, we don't get to choose what parts we want to believe, what parts we want to make a part of our life. We need to just accept it as God's Word and do those things and do it right away. Do it speedily, with vehemence, diligently. And, and uh, there's some more stuff here. Um, there ought to be no procrastination in our obedience to Scripture. How often are we guilty of that? We procrastinate. We, we put some things off that we know God's worked on our heart through the word of God. And the root word here uh, that diligent comes from has the idea of a rake or a fire poker to gather embers. Are we on fire for the things of God? Does our heart burn to know and to keep the word? You ever built a fire and... If you separate all those coals, they'll kind of go black and burn out. But if you pile them up and rake them up together there, they stay hot much longer. Uh, do you desire to diligently to keep the Lord's precepts? Do you have a diligence about yourself in the Word of God? Uh, we are commanded to keep His precepts, uh, and we're commanded to do it diligently. We often see the blessings of others and desire to have the same, don't we not? But listen this morning, are we willing to do the work? Uh, and I say work on purpose because it just doesn't happen by accident. Are we willing to seek the word and to walk in it? Is it only that, or it is only then that we can experience the blessings and truly be happy. We can make the observation of God blessing all we want in the lives of other people. But it is not until then we make it our own and become diligent about keeping those precepts ourselves that we could have God's blessing. Uh, are you doing that this morning? Uh, <clears throat> I, I want you to really get this thought this morning. Look at verse 5. Uh, please don't miss this. If you, if you forget everything else I said, I understand, but please get this. Uh, 
In verse 5, it says, Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. We see a transition here. Uh, in, in verse 3, we see the psalmist observe those blessings of these other individuals, perhaps in his own life. We, we could, that argument can be made. But in verse 5, we see this prayer, if you will, uh, for his ways to be God's ways. He says there, Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. So he saw that up in, that, in verse 3, they walk in his ways. These people that are blessed walk in the ways of the Lord. And now here in verse 5, he says, oh, that my ways. Now he has a desire to be godly himself. Do you have that desire this morning? Uh, Brother Getch is always a great challenge to me for for many years. Uh, Cindy went to West Coast and he's been there for a long time and and I've, all, I've heard him preach on a number of occasions. And, and the amount of scripture that that man has memorized is amazing. Um, he quotes so much scripture throughout his preaching. It's, it's unbelievable. And you can tell. And, and Cindy was at college there. And, and he was always carrying cards. And he had a briefcase full of. He put in the work to do that. And, and when I say, do you want to be blessed? I want to be blessed like that. But I'll be frank and honest with you this morning. I haven't put in that work that he has. And so oftentimes we, we say that we want something, uh, but really it's just that desire. But we're not willing to do the work and the effort necessary. Uh, because it, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but in my notes, just in case we don't go get through this this morning, it says the last thing is, is determined to be blessed or determined to be godly. So we move from the observation of how God blesses people to this desire to have God's blessing to determine in our own mind that we're going to get God's blessing by doing. But anyway, I'm ahead of myself, so let's go back to my notes. And, but do you see that transition in the word here? Where, where he just observes that God's blessing and then he desires, oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. And, and I trust that you have that desire. Uh, he, we see that in the psalmist as he, as he moved on through here. Um, have you come to that place in your life that you desire your pattern of life, your conversation, your way of life to be God's way of life? Until you come to that point, you're not truly going to be blessed like we see the scriptures telling us here this morning. Uh, I came across this quote by C.S. Lewis from uh, mere Christianity. Look at what it says. God made us, invented us as a man invents an engine. A car is made to run on petrol and it will not run properly on anything else. Now God designed the human machine to run on himself. He himself is the fuel for our spirits were or our spirits were designed to burn or the food our spirits were designed to feed on. There is no other. That is why it is just no good asking God to make us happy in our own way without bothering about, and he uses the word religion. Look at the last part of this. God cannot give us a happiness and peace apart from himself because it is not there. And what I'm trying to tell you this morning, you're not going to be happy like God wants you to be happy until you got God or his word in your life. Uh, I don't like to use the word religion, but he's a pretty smart guy, so I won't question it too much. But um, listen, you 
cannot, God cannot give us a happiness and peace apart from himself. We were made to fellowship with him. And when you think about that, if you try to put diesel fuel in your gasoline engine, how well does it run? Not too well. And if you put gas in your diesel engine, it's going to destroy it. Uh, so as the children of God, we need to ensure that we're fueling ourselves with the fuel that God intended us to be fueled with. Uh, and we'll run efficient in in those things. We must direct our ways to keep thy statutes. So when it says we're directed there, it's a verb. Uh, it means our way, our fashion, or it's fixed, it's firm, it's ordained. We've set it, we, we've prepared for this. Uh, it's established. And, and listen, when we fixed our ways to keep the word, that's when we move from a desire to this determination to do it. And so we, he says that my ways were directed to keep thy words. And uh, verse 6, we might have to come back to that, but, but uh, verses 6 through the end of the chapter, or not chapter, but this section, I want you to look at this. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. I will praise thee with uprightness of heart. Uh, when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments, I will keep thy statutes. O forsake me not utterly. And so we've moved now to a determination to be blessed or a determination to be godly. And in verse 2, they use that term up there, or he used the term up there, with the whole heart. And so down here I'd make that argument that, that we must determine with our whole hearts uh, to do these things. And, and so he moves to an obedient uh, attitude, uh, a desire to obedient to the commandments, to do it. And uh, verse 8 says this, I will keep thy statutes. He has decided and determined that he's going to do this. These people are blessed that do this. I desire to be blessed like they are blessed. I'm determined to do this. If I want to be blessed, I need to keep the precepts. I need to keep the statutes. And uh, listen, when we are faithful to keep the word, we can live unashamedly. That ought to mean something to every Christian in this room. Verse 6, when you say, then I shall not be ashamed. There's a confidence that we get when we're walking with God. Uh, and a boldness to share the gospel uh, that we can have. And listen, if you have things in your life, uh, if you have some sins there, you're not going to have the confidence. You're going to be ashamed a little bit. You might be embarrassed. You're not going to have power, that's for sure. And so uh, when we regard and keep the word of God, it will bring a confidence that we cannot have otherwise. You won't have it any other way. Listen, it's not an arrogance or a prideful thing but just that confidence of knowing that you're right with God and have the, His favor on your life. And God, what, what does God tell us? He will bless and prosper those people that do this. It has nothing to do with being self-righteous. It's just understanding that this is the way God's ordained it to be, and if we follow His plan, He will bless us. And, and, and what a blessing to know that we can have that. Um, <clears throat> He says that he will not be ashamed when he has respect or regard to all the commandments. When you've regarded those things, and you've respected those things, and you've, listen, applied them to your life, and you've made application. Uh, are you ashamed today? Uh, I challenge you to deal with those things that God's working in your heart about, uh, because we ought not be ashamed. 
Uh, when you are right with God, you can truly praise Him with uprightness. In verse 7 it says, I will praise thee with uprightness of heart. And, and I can only imagine how much more meaningful it is for somebody to, to praise the Lord when they're right with Him. There, there's false praise out there. Uh, I mean, half the time when we come to gather in this church, we've got sin in our lives and we're singing the praises in the, from the hymnal. Right? Is that honoring to God? Probably not like somebody that's truly right with God. Because they can praise Him with uprightness. Uh, when we have learned the scriptures and lived them, we can offer a more pleasing praise to the Father. Uh, Psalm 119, 27, we're getting ahead of ourselves here, but it says, Make me to understand the way of, the, of thy precepts, so shall I talk of thy wondrous works. Psalm 9 and verse 1 says this, I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all thy marvelous works. Listen this morning, when we know the word and live the word, we can more effectively serve and honor God with our lives. That's just the reality of it. Uh, and, and what a blessing to know that we just continue to grow. In a greater, our relationship with Christ and with God can grow deeper and deeper every day if we would allow it. Oftentimes it's not the case. It's not because God doesn't want it. It's because we hinder it. Uh, we must determine to keep God's word. Many Christians lack power and boldness in their lives. Why do you think that is? I believe it's because they're not keeping the word of God. They're not living the word of God. Maybe outwardly they've got some folks, oh, this guy's a pretty good person. They, they, they're in all the right places saying all the right things. But, but truly, uh, maybe they would be more bold and, and, and unashamed if they truly were living the word of God in their heart. From that whole heart that we see there. Um, uh, do you lack confidence? Get it right with the Lord and, and he'll give you that confidence. Uh, <clears throat> we need to keep the word of God. When we keep God's word we will be unashamed. And I find that true in my own life as I walk closer with the Lord and I truly desire to have a life pleasing to Him, I am much more bold in my witness and in those things at work. And sometimes people go, this guy's a wacko. But I'm really not a wacko. It's just I'm different because God's made us different as Christians. And uh, don't miss the thought uh, we do not accomplish this in our own strength. As we, as we close out here in the last few minutes, uh, I want to draw your attention to the last part of that verse. Because he says, I will keep thy precepts, right? And so we need to be determined to keep the word of God. And we can have all these blessings and benefits that we kind of discussed this morning. But look at that last part. It says, oh, forsake me not utterly. And uh, we do not accomplish this in our own strength. We can't keep the word of God and, and become legalistic about these things. And the psalmist understands that. And he's not doing it at his own strength. And so he says, oh, forsake me not utterly. God, I need your help. I want to keep your word. I want to walk with you. But I need your help. Don't forsake me. Psalm 119, verse 16 and 17. Look what the word of God says there. It says, uphold me according unto thy word, that I may live and let me not be ashamed of my hope Verse 117, hold thou me up, and I shall be safe, and I will have respect unto thy statutes continually. He is asking for God's help for him to do this thing. He, he wants the blessing that we've mentioned. He desires that, but he knows that he needs God in order to do it. 
uh, and, and he looks to that. And everybody knows Philippians 4.13, right? Uh, we need the strengthening of our God to help us do those things. We can't do, listen, if we try to do this in our own strength, we will become very legalistic, pharisaical, if you will. Because we'll, that's, how it's, that's how it works in the flesh, humanly speaking. But if we ask God for his help, uh, he will give us a Holy Spirit filling that will help us to be gracious and kind as we do this. Uh, because sometimes people can get very arrogant uh, in how they live the word of God, if you will, uh, because they're not asking God's help. Uh, we can't do it in our own power. But we must be determined for ourselves that we will keep the word and then lean on the Lord for his help. We still have to determine to do it, even understanding that we can't do it in ourselves and that we need to trust the Lord for that. Uh, but we still have to make the decision. We can't muster up the strength to keep the law, but we can rest in our relationship with Christ to help us walk uprightly. Uh, walking uprightly with Christ. And, and uh, when we see the blessings of God on others, we often desire to have the same. I know as I've come up through my Christian life, you see people and, and how God's blessing and working in their lives. And I thought, boy, I would like to get a hold of some of that. But are we willing to move from the desire to have that to the action? To say this in verse 8, I will keep thy statutes. God, whatever you tell me from your word, I'm going to do it. Whatever you tell me. Listen, that can be hard. Uh, sometimes there's things in our lives that we enjoy. And listen, they're not necessarily even sin. But God says, you know what? That's crowding out some things that I really would like to do in your life. Those are probably some of the harder decisions we've ever have to make. But have you come to that place where you're willing to say, you know what? Whatever God wants, whatever he reveals to me through his word, I'm going to do that. We must move from desire to action. If I want to have more scripture memorized, I'm going to have to start working on it. It's not just going to happen. And so listen this morning, do you have that desire? I trust that you do. Uh, I believe every Christian to some extent is going to have that desire. But you need to move beyond that desire and commit to the Lord that you're going to do his word or to do his to to live his word. <clears throat> we often want the benefits Without the labor. I want to get paid for doing whatever I want. But the Air Force does not allow me to do that. Uh, but that's how our nature is. We don't want to put in the work. Are you willing to seek and to do God's word and consequently enjoy the blessings? Father, we do thank you, Lord, for this day. I thank you, Lord, for your word. And Father, I, I thank you, Lord, for what you did in my heart through this. And I pray that you just continue to work. In each and every heart here this morning, I pray that we would truly be doers of your word. And Father, we know that you've said that you'll bless and we ask for your blessing. Lord, give us a sincere wholeheartedness to follow you and your word. Bless now as we look ahead to the service to follow. We pray, Lord, for your Holy Spirit blessing. Lord, give power and liberty in the preaching of the word. Pray, Lord, that souls will be saved and Christians encouraged. In Jesus' name, amen.